Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the sixth installment of the Strive for Legacy podcast. It's been a little bit, um, but even with the Lakers not playing, it's been one of the more exciting playoffs in recent times. Even like like I said, without the Lakers, I mean it's it's an it's an amazing feeling to see teams shoot the three, have decent centers. I mean. It's not as fun as the Lakers still being here, but it, it's quite fascinating to see things that the Lakers just didn't do. But something that um, was a little <laughs> a little funny, coming into this podcast, it was a super, super dry time. You got the rumors with the stars, just, just Lakers news with like, like the stars and just coming here, the trade talks, Kuzma, your weekly Kuzma news. And I, I texted Dolos or DM'd him and was like, how what are we going to talk about for the Lakers other than Kemba and Ben Simmons and then once we got to today I mean for probably you can book it the most random news for the Lakers in the whole offseason was Alex Caruso getting arrested um I I'm still AC I'm still confused as whether that's funny or sad, but <laughs> it was, it was, I, I literally texted him, did you see the Caruso news? And he's like, oh, I'd assume he was like, oh, did he get an extension or something? And no, he, the guy got arrested in Texas for, um, for his medicinal use. I'll say that much, but he, I, I, I'm assuming, yeah, he is out on bail and all of that. So it's not like there's some dire, you know consequences coming out of that it was just one of the more like well there's some news um but like it's not the caruso news we wanted but it it is caruso news i guess but um before we get into the lakers stuff you know like like i've said there's not really that much to talk about just your usual rumors here and there we did witness quite the game yesterday as we recorded it with the Suns, who as we all know did did beat us not in four like the Nuggets just in six so it's not that iconic but we did witness that and like the playoffs have been great and we just wanted to speak on it a little more because we like to start off with a little more action than Kemba and Ben Simmons so I'm gonna hand it over to you Dolos what have you thought about the lo- the playoffs since the last time what it's what's it's been two weeks since the last time we recorded. I don't think it's been been that long. I think we maybe recorded a a bit about a week ago, but yeah, it has it has been you know long enough that the second round has already concluded. Um, just for thoughts on that, very surprised by the by the Sixers. Uh, I had faith in them. They disappointed me as a team. Ben Simmons kind of well, not kind of. He definitely disappointed me as a as a player. And you know, I'm someone who had a lot of stock in Ben Simmons and. That is almost worthless now. So thanks for that. <laughs> as far as the other series, Milwaukee winning was kind of a surprise to me. That was a series it really felt like they didn't deserve to win. Like you were blowing your chances against the Nets with James Harden missing. Like they put 50 on you in that game too. This, I, I'm not rooting for the Nets. Like I'm obviously anti-Nets, but the Bucks, it's not. I didn't think it was possible to win a seven game series and for me to lose confidence in a team. Like my, my, <laughs> my opinion of, on the Bucks was so high coming off that sweep of the heat. I'm like, okay, look, they're serious. They've made the adjustments they need to. I think they're going to be a better team. I was actually pretty excited for this Brooklyn matchup. Then Harden goes down. And I'm like, okay, the Bucks probably have this wrapped up. 
you know, now the injuries and they allow it just to become way more of a fight than it needed to be. So I don't feel great about the Bucks, but at least kind of all the most difficult opponents are out of the way, in my opinion. So they they're my team that I'm pushing for to to make it all the way, I guess. Yeah, I I had a an initial Nets prediction to make it to the finals a long time back. I even met, made a twenty dollar bet with someone that they would make the finals, but thankfully, as many should as many of you should do with your bets, make some clauses. And I did put a clause <laughs> that if Harden or KD got injured, then uh, that the deal wouldn't be done. And I mean, it's kind of awkward because Harden was technically injured, but he kind of came back. But yeah, that, I'm not losing twenty dollars, which is okay. But twenty dollars would have been great, regardless. But it is what it is. Um, I don't think. I mean, I thought it was a good series. Uh, it's just super weird that like one game you're getting blown up by fifty, and somehow you win the series. Um, that's pretty wild stat to me. But you know, uh, the Nets injuries have been just just what it is for a lot of teams, and it's just kind of like the playoffs of of fruition, if that's the word. Where the healthiest team usually wins. Although we're seeing a lot of curveballs with Chris Paul and Kawhi Leonard and a lot of that. Um, as far as the Hawks and the Sixer series, I'm I'm a I'm like a sneaky Hawks supporter, not a fan, but like a supporter because mm-hmm. I I had a ridiculous Trey Young take um, where I thought he, <laughs> even even repeating it like it, it could still happen, but I had Trey Young as MVP before the season and I was called a madman, right and technically he didn't win mvp but the chances of him winning mvp plus finals you just got to insert the finals a little bit before the mvp is still possible so um that's i mean that's mainly the reason i've started i just like the hawks i guess also because i just like how their roster is constructed and i just like how they're the underdog mentality i do appreciate that from that yeah, this this is a Hawks appreciation podcast. I am shocked that they beat Philly, but I I've got a lot of love for that team. Trey Young is phenomenal. I love how much of an entertainer he is because yes. not not only is he dropping buckets out there, the trolling that he does as well, taking a bow on your team, like doing the push-ups. Like I love that antagonistic stuff. So, I'm all for it. Like Kevin Huerter, Kayvon, as the Hawks Kayvon. like to call him. John Collins, like They've got really good, interesting players over there. Cam Reddish, like DeAndre Hunter, who's not even available for them right now. So if you haven't been watching the Hawks, well, it's the playoffs, so you must be watching the Hawks. But this is a team you should be tuning into during the regular season as well. Yeah, I saw a lot of comparisons where they were like, if the 2013 Warriors beat the Spurs. And, I mean, certainly the players are a little different. Um just because we don't know the potential of the young stars on it. But I do, like I said, I do like the roster construction. At some point, I would love to see Chris Dunn at least play one minute. I don't know where he went. He's been injured for, like, the past four years or something. But, um, yeah, that's been awesome to see. Um, like you said, the antagonistic role that Trey has been playing has been awesome, not only for Hawks fans, but just for, like, regular NBA fans that – aren't really Hawks fans like us and it's been very entertaining to see and you don't really see people close out series consecutively in the garden and in Philly that's like two of the more hostile places in American sports so the fact that he did that back to back and he like he did the bow he's shushing the crowd and the best part about it is he's backing it up 
So mm-hmm. a villain that can back it up is is something to deal with for sure. And I think he's definitely made a staple for himself. And I'm super excited about the Hawks. The Hawks and the Bucks. I mean, just for like the meme, I would I would love to root for the Hawks. And maybe in seven, I could see that happening. But it, I mean, at least there's a chance because the the Bucks can self destruct quite easily, and we saw that. I just don't know if they're gonna have such a self destruction as the, the Sixers had. I think that'd be pretty hard to do. And I have no idea who's guarding Giannis. I mean, Capella is probably the best choice, but he's gonna be eating for sure. And yeah, I think it's just very exciting. Um. In the Western side, the Suns are up 2-0 at this moment. Oh, let me get on my Suns tangent. So, the Suns, uh, I feel like it's a little sacrilegious to root really hard for a team that beat you in the first round. But, like like I said, even when they were in the series against them, I really, really, really like the Suns team, mainly because of the people on the team with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, little Cameron Payne love, I guess, maybe. I'm a little hesitant on that, but campaign, he's playing out of his mind. He had like 29 and 8 in a Western Conference Finals when like two years ago he was in China, literally not even not even as like a meme, but he was literally in China and playing for some he was out of the league basically, but it's it's cool to see that um the Clippers, oh, let me let me So, I don't know if Dolos has expressed this, but he he hasn't even made it. He hasn't hid the fact that he's rooting for the Clippers and not even like as a joke, but like it's it's a serious rooting and very much so. It I have an issue with it as far as I would only root for the Clippers for the theory that Dolos came up with where we can get into the parade theory, which is the only reason I would I would even get even close to supporting them. But uh, do you want to explain uh, your parade theory? I'll I'll let you explain your parade theory. Yes, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on my on my uh, little rant here because for for one, I kind I kind of get your whole point. Like, I I like the Suns. I do. They're a really cool team. I'm a fan of Devin Booker, but at the same time, that's the team that just knocked us out the playoffs. So, you know, no offense to them. I'm feeling salty about that. I don't want to see them win the title. So, you know, that's. That's part of what's playing into this. But at the same time, there's there's something about Lakers fans that really bothers me with this relationship they have with the Clippers because the Clippers are not a rival, like not at all, not close, because the Lakers are a franchise, a, a dynasty franchise with 17 titles. The, the Clippers are making their first ever Western Conference Finals appearance. Like, this is not a team that we need to worry about getting to our level. Like, even if they're good right now in the short term, like, it's not like this franchise is anything, you know? So these these Clippers fans have literally been miserable for a year. They've had the, the most racist owner in sports. <laughs> They've been cursed and blown multiple 3-1 leads key free agents that they get get injured like that's the history of this team i just don't see really a reason to like even care what they do or if they're successful like this has just been a losing team for their entire existence and just because the fact they're in the same city as the lakers I, i i think a lot of laker fans have been 
particularly in this playoffs, I've been a bit insecure about the Clippers. Like I, I get it last season. I was totally with trolling the Clippers last season. They they got like a really big head, LAR way, like this is Kawhi's playground, all of that stuff. But they then blew a 3-1 lead in the playoffs and were totally humbled by it. Like we haven't heard any quotes from the Clippers that, you know, really make me want to react, like as if this is a feud or as if there's will never be a battle for LA. Like it will always be a Lakers town. So I just kind of think that we should we've been talking about the Clippers as if they're the uh they're Celtics. they're the little brother franchise. You know, yes. I think it's time we kind of start treating them that way. Like this is their first Western Conference Finals. At a certain point, it's like, okay, well, you know, the talk is the talk. You know, the rivalry is the rivalry. But congrats. First Western Conference Finals, like, cool. You know, like, we have 17 titles. Congrats on your first Western Conference Finals. On top of that, you know, my uh, whole parade thing comes into account. And, like, part of my thinking with that is because I'm from Chicago. And not that I'm a baseball fan, but. Chicago has two baseball teams, the Cubs, who are more like the North Side team, and the White Sox, who are like the South Side team. And because I'm someone who moved from the North to the South, like I kind of have friends who are on both sides of that uh, baseball feud and dynasty. And I think there's a there's more legitimate reasons for that to be a feud between Cubs and Sox. But at the same time, when the Cubs won the World Series a few years ago, the parade that was in Chicago, like I guarantee there were people from the South side there. Like, and it, it wasn't even, a, it was just about like, Hey, our city is champions. Like we're, we won a title and this would not be the way Lakers fans want it. But back to back years of titles in LA could be pretty cool. And, you know, a joint Lakers Clippers parade, like just even just taking over their parade <laughs> and celebrating the 2020 team is really my, more so my idea. But like, I just think it'd be it'd be pretty cool, and I don't think there's really a reason to to hate on a franchise that hasn't really had any meaningful success in 50 years. I mean, your neutral stance, gonna be honest, a little boring, and I it's can, just it's just punching down. I, it's pu- I, yeah, I have it's like I have no a dead horse. It's yeah, like, we have yeah. no reason to punch down on the Clippers. Like, if, I'm rooting against the Celtics. They have 17 titles like us. I want to make sure they're not making ground on that. Like. The Clippers don't even have a conference finals appearance till now. Like, why am I so worried about what they're doing? Pettiness. Pettiness. P-E-T-T-I-N-E-S-S. I'm glad I spelled that right. Just flat out. I'm going to participate in that. You don't have to. You can be the diplomat of the Lakers bunch, but I am going to actively root against the Clippers no matter what, just because I'm perhaps I'm brainwashed in in Lakers culture, but I don't care. I like – if, if you're going to be the bully big brother, sure, it, like, maybe one applause here and there if your little brother does something cool, like, uh, sure. I mean, I thought you were going to be a little more aggressive with your parade theory because I personally interpret it as if the Clippers do win and they hold a parade, sure, all eight Clippers fans are going to be there, but the Lakers fans, I would envision absolutely just crashing that party and taking it as their own because they didn't get a parade last year. Right, yeah, right, rightfully so. If the Clippers win the title, the Lakers fans should be swarming that parade and making this about the 2020 team. I'm just saying, like, I don't, I don't have the energy 
to hate against the Clippers. I'm going to root for them in this series because they're against the team that beat us. And in my, like, I have a strong point about that. I'm, I'm more so like confused at Lakers fans rooting for Suns, for the Suns who knocked us out. Like, do you understand what will happen if the Phoenix Suns are to go on and win a title? After this? We look better. We get nope. part of that. What do you mean? We look nope. better if they win. I, I, I see your point about, oh, like, it, it looks better to have lost to the eventual champion than it does to just some team that flamed out in the second round. But to be honest with you, I don't want to see highlight packages of the Suns beating us in the first round as they celebrate that title. Like, imagine it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to set the scene for you. And I'm loving this. this. I, 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 as sacrilegious as it is, I'm, <laughs> I'm loving seeing Drummond get posterized in, no, this, in, in this film. In, 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 this in movie. 10 years, as the Suns are looking back down memory lane of their first franchise title, I think I think this is their first franchise title. It will be. We're going to have to see a bunch of those Lakers plays. We're going to have to see Jay Crowder salsa dancing on our team. I'm not interested in that. I love it. So I love the pettiness. No, um, no. Phoenix deserved it. They they deserve to to uh, completely go at us. We clown them. I think it's only fair. That's that's sports. But at the same time, I don't want to see that as a highlight reel package for like the next ten years as the Suns celebrate their title. Let's end this fun little trip and run for them now. And you know, it'll this will still be a a moment in Suns history. I'd rather it just be a moment in Suns history and not like a moment in their title run that they get to play back and throw in our face for years. I'm cool on that. I guess that's just a random agree to disagree moment, It, which is absolutely non-Laker related. It's just more of like, like, I don't know. I just, I just can't root for the Clippers no matter what. Like they're the number one team that, if they move to Seattle, then maybe I'll start to like them. But I don't know. It's a lot of antics, and I mean, probably I'm Lakers brainwashed. But I'll I'll live with that. And the Suns, mainly just Chris Paul. He's like my third favorite player of all time, um, especially in the Hornets days. Prime Chris Paul on the Hornets was absolutely different, and I'm taking him over a lot of your favorite point guards, but. Him, Devin Booker. Devin Booker has that Hispanic heritage. There's, there's some relatability there. Um, and DeAndre Ayton. I, I always like the underrated players from a draft class that is absolutely stacked. So like the Chris Boshes of the world. Um, Ray Allen in 96. Just those players I I like to... I don't know if just quirky wouldn't be the word, but just like liking the players that are just fly under the radar and have the impact. I think... I just like that, and so you combine those three, and I'm just rooting it. And their uniforms, like, like let me ask you this: if I if I got a Valley jersey, would that be would that be bad? Because I really like those jerseys. That that would not be bad. I, like like I said, I have no problem with the Suns if they had beat somebody else. Like they'd probably be the team that I'm rooting for to win this all. But it's it's simply the fact that they beat us, and I'm not interested in seeing Jay Crowder salsa dance on LeBron for the next ten years. So. That's just kind of my stance. <laughs> That's just kind of my stance. Yeah, exactly. They're they're going to be so obnoxious in their parades. So I, I would love that. I would yeah. Love let's that. just no. I don't, I don't even want to. <laughs> he's going to he's going to trademark that. Make a shirt. That's going to be his brand thing. I, I yeah. would love that because because Jay Crowder's it's the new logo will just be a silhouette of him like doing the salsa dance and 
no, it, it'll be too petty and obnoxious for me to, to allow that to happen. So I would love that. Although if the Clippers do win just to transition out of this, then that would really set up the battle of LA. Cause then it's like a, you got this title. We got this title. Then finally, see, I still before. don't. I still, I still don't agree. I think if the, if the Clippers win this title, Lakers fans are just throwing in their face like, okay, well, one, sixteen more to go. Like, your well, yeah. this is not that's, a battle that's for gonna be a That's going to be something that happens. But for most NBA fans that aren't Lakers fans, it's going to be seen as like, all right, so they finally got their chips, both of them. Now, who's going to get the tiebreaker? And I mean, hopefully, the basketball gods can make a battle of LA, specifically in the Western Conference Finals, happen. And finally, we can get the Battle of L.A. Because, I mean, both teams have certainly not, I don't know. It, it's been complicated for that. But I, I would love to see the Battle of L.A. Not with the Clippers winning the title. But it is what it is. Um, in more recent news, the draft lottery was also yesterday. And the Lakers weren't involved. I can imagine times when the Lakers were involved, whether that be getting a top two pick Getting the number four pick, even with the AD trade, that was monumental because, I mean, technically, DeAndre Hunter, Lakers legend, um, he was part of that Pelicans trade. And so I think that was the the tipping line for the AD trade. So the, the lottery has been very important for Lakers history. Let's not let's not deny that. But this year, they with getting bounced out of the first round, they get an early 20s pick and the lottery doesn't change that at all. I believe it only goes to 1 through 14, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, in terms of that, it, it was it, there was an interesting point that Richard Jefferson made where there's like there's a domino effect with these lottery picks, but I don't think any of them are really going to affect the Lakers. Maybe some of the rivals, like the Warriors getting, I believe, 7 or, seven or 6 and 14. Um, that, that could be something, I guess, if you consider the Warriors technically a rival, but... Um, the Cade Cunningham is going to be in the East, presumably if the Pistons don't mess that up. So, I'm assuming Mobley would be to the Rockets, but the Rockets, their the rebuild is going to take a little bit more time. I do appreciate um Stephen Silas finally getting something to work with. Um, KPJ is good. Christian Wood is good. I like that core certainly. I was more cynical on the Rockets not getting that pick and the Thunder getting two picks, but. It seems like tanking the basketball gods do not like that. But in terms for the Lakers, they do have the number 22 pick, if I'm not mistaken. And we'll get into the draft stuff um, along the line um, as time passes. And we have some really good draft people to help us out on that because me and Dolos aren't exactly draft gurus. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll certainly familiarize ourselves with some of the prospects. I will say Chris Duarte is, is up there for me. If he wasn't 24... That'd be awesome, but you know what he presents, that'd be great. But I mean, what what were some of your reactions to the lottery? You think anything really impacts the Lakers, or were you just were you salty about maybe? I don't know. Do you have any teams that you were so, somewhat rooting for to get a certain player? Yeah, I was absolutely rooting for the Orlando Magic to end up with the first overall pick. I'm fine with the Detroit; they deserved as well. But I think Orlando for finally doing the rebuild and tearing down that Vucevic. Aaron Gordon, Fournier core that they've had forever now. It ne- it needed to stop. And the fact that they finally committed to a re- I was so all in on them. Like um, imagine Cade Cunningham there with like Markel Fultz, uh, big fan of Cole Anthony, Jonathan Isaac, 
uh, Tuma Okiki, the, the rookie that they had from a few years ago. I like that Magic team. I thought they should have got the first overall pick. They were robbed and dropped down to five. Uh, I <laughs> was anti-Houston keeping their pick, to be honest. So that Me happening too. is, yeah, disappointing, but it is what it is. Also, Stout, Minnesota should have kept their pick. Yeah, I don't like the Warriors getting that, but the Warriors cannot draft for their lives outside of their Hall of Famers. They've been horrible at drafting, so I'll take my odds on that for sure. Yeah, I think there's a very solid chance those picks end up traded. And to be honest, there's a very solid chance that the Lakers pick ends up traded be- because of um, draft rules. I believe the Stepien rule. We're Stepien. not able to trade consecutive picks. Well, actually... I'm, I'm trying to figure out the timeline on this because we traded our pick last year. That was part of the Dennis Schroeder trade. <laughs> um, but I, I believe that that pick, we had to wait until we actually drafted the person who was, mm-hmm. I, I think that ended up becoming Jaden McDaniels yeah. in uh, last year's draft. Temporal so I'm not sure if we waited and like selected Jaden and then traded him or if we just traded the pick. Uh, because depending on what that situation is, we may or may not be able to trade this year's pick. We will be bringing in some some draft people to help us talk about that. You know, as we get closer to the draft, um, you already have someone that you've kind of locked in on. I'd have no problem drafting a 24-year-old considering that we need people to contribute now. It's not like we're looking for a project anyway. And if that guy can shoot, I'm all in for bringing him in. Yeah. Chris Darte would be interesting. There's also some other prospects that I don't know their names off the dome. I do have to familiarize myself with that type of range. I know AO something with the last name, first name AO or IO. Um, he's pretty good. I know Asher, he's a Nuggets fan. He he likes them, so immediately I want the Lakers to rob him of that happiness. Just just to be <laughs> petty. But um yeah, it should be interesting. You know, with the draft lottery, it is what it is at this point. You can you can put your hopes in this prospect, but uh, I mean, usually for with win now teams, especially with a win 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 now team, with LeBron aging and AD kind of getting towards the peak of his prime, um, arguably, then yeah, you could you could say that you could say that there's a, there's an argument to be made that there's more of a chance that it, it's just not gonna exist. And I mean, they could still draft Chris Duarte, but just not for their team. Like I said, DeAndre Hunter. Lakers legend, so maybe the the Lakers are certainly good at drafting for themselves and for other teams. So transitioning a little bit more into Lakers Lakers news, we tried to sandwich this episode with like a little bit of a uh, toppings with a uh, little bit of some, you know, whatever you put on a sandwich bread. Yeah. I, I I don't judge you. Um, just a little bit of Lakers stuff. Um, if you put mustard on a sandwich though, that's that's a little bit more questionable, but. Um, with the Lakers, yeah, we'll just talk about pure Lakers. You don't stuff. put mustard in your sandwiches. It depends. Like, that, would, like that would totally meat. depend on yeah, like what what type of meat you're using. And I'm more whatever. of a burger with mustard. I don't like mustard in sandwiches. That's kind of disgusting. But if you do, I'm not gonna judge you. You're just a little disgusting, personally. Yeah, I feel. I was just gonna say I feel judged anyway, but yeah, well, I'm not much of a burger guy, so you're you're being judged anyway. Too, that's even so. worse. That's even worse. Who doesn't like burgers? Anyways, this isn't a food pod. We are going to talk about, uh, well, recently with a lot of, well, maybe just one. I mean, Brad Stevens was fiending to trade Kemba. He was like, as soon as I get this job, I'm trading this guy. And 
Uh, that was that was some hilarious dialogue came out of that. But Kemba did get traded to the Thunder from the Celtics. The Celtics, I believe, got Moses Brown, who I do like a little bit, although I don't know how he fits into the center position for that team. They do get Al Horford, who they shipped to the or I don't remember if they shipped or they something with the Sixers. He ended up he didn't do that well with the Sixers. He went to the Thunder, then he got seated for for them to tank and last night they didn't even get that many picks so Al Horford is still good but you may be asking why does that matter to the Lakers well with any you know up there in age not on a really good team players there's a lot of rumors that come out of that and you had some people asking well Kemba is he's a decent point guard injuries have been have certainly deterred his his timeline and some have been floating around the idea that Kuzma we don't really like Kuzma and one of the top destinations for him would be the Thunder and I could agree on that point but I wouldn't agree as far as having Kemba in return because I personally I don't know how you feel I'll ask you but I just feel like that'd be a lateral move especially with Dennis Schroeder you could uh, you can make the argument that Kemba is better than him but the money there is a little scary it's in the mid 30s and it's for a little bit longer than I'd like Dennis Schroeder certainly fumbled the bag in terms of playing and betting on himself I don't I like that he betted on himself but it just didn't work out for him I don't know what type of money he would get but a Dennis Schroeder and Kemba backcourt is not going to exist the money is absolutely not there so I just feel like it'd be a lateral move money-wise, injuries-wise for Kemba. He's more injury-prone than Dennis Schroeder. He has a lot more money to him. And I, I'm a big Kemba guy. I, I like them on the Hornets. And, I mean, I, I, I just it's not the player. It's just, it's just the money attached. And just, it doesn't really do that much. He's not a traditional point guard. He's more of a scoring point guard. And I don't know. How do you feel if if about the Kemba and Kuz news? And I, I, I wouldn't like Kuz being in that package either, for sure. Yeah, so to be honest, I didn't really see much noise about Kemba coming to the Lakers. Um, you know, until I saw you had it in the outline, and then I went to immediately look up Kemba Walker's contract. Man. But I was scary. surprised. I was surprised to find out that after next season, he has one year left on the deal. Actually, it's just a player option. So yeah, it's he, this next next season and a player option that he's obviously going to take. Because yeah, it's for, exactly. You know, close to thirty eight million. But it, it's I'm, I'm in total agreement with you uh, on the point that it's not the most ideal contract. It's also be pretty difficult to uh, manage getting him over here. I think the avenue would really kind of rely on a Dennis Schroeder sign in trade and. I don't, I don't know, know how he willing do he is. Yeah, like I yeah. don't know how how willing OKC is to bring him back in as well after they just traded him out. So from that perspective, there might just like not even really be a purpose in talking about it. But I do think I'm I'm a little interested at the idea of Kemba Walker on this roster because, uh, you know, he didn't have a bad season last year. Even like with all the injury stuff, he didn't shoot the greatest from the field, but like he was out there taking a high volume of three pointers. He took eight a game and he still made league average despite all the injury and being a down shooting gear for him. Like he is a guy that we can add and put in pick and roll and Anthony Davis will be the best big man he's ever played with. Anthony Davis will will give him additional space to get to his mid range looks for him to just come off screens and, and, you know, slide right into a three. 
I think we we sorely need that. Some pull-up shooting on this team would be amazing. Um, I think even with the injury stuff, Kemba Walker, when he has the ball in his hands, is a threat to score. And I think just the way that that can break defenses down, him being the guy that we choose to run pick and rolls with, teams aren't dropping against Kemba Walker like they did against Dennis Schroeder. So I, I would would love to have that. I think it would change up the geography of our court offensively in a lot of ways that are really helpful. I just don't know how the trade gets done. I'm, I'm on the trade machine website right now and just yeah, I was going to do that. Think great. Yeah, that's, that's, think alike. <laughs> that's a tough number to trade for. Um, if yeah, the, the money, Lakers, the money, yeah, just they can there. manage it. Yeah, I'd be I'd be fine moving Kuzma in the deal. He I'm higher on Kuzma than most of the Lakers discourse I'm in agreement and consensus. With you there. Yeah, I'm but the, his inconsistency in the playoffs is, you know, I, I we've had this discussion. It's made him more of a trade piece than you know a key core aspect of this team. Just because I, I think I love the shooting that he's advanced with. He he's been making the right play more often. But I, I'm just I've lost faith in the jumper with him at times, and you know it's just maybe it's time to move move on so i think him at 13 million i think that's a pretty pretty good uh you know addition for oklahoma city's roster for them to add a, another forward that can defend a bit uh could provide some scoring for them i just yeah, yeah I just tough time the making money. the deal work yeah, like i money. think we'd, we'd even probably have to like throw in Russo and like a sign and trade and there's just a that. lot we'd have to yeah, we'd, there's just so much we'd have to do to make this work that it's I'm. I don't know. Yeah, for Kemba, I'm just not gonna do that. And Caruso would be back with the Thunder. He was on their D League team, I I think, or or the summer league. Yeah, he team, was. So that would be yeah. A that's, reunion, yeah, that was his uh, first year in the league in uh, Oklahoma City Blue. Yeah, so I I just wouldn't do that personally for Kemba. I I would like a Kyle Lowry. I'd rather have Kyle Lowry than Kemba. I don't know about you, especially on a championship team where he's proven for sure and a little more durable. Although. The thing with Kyle Lowry is he's he's up there in age with LeBron, but there's there's just a disparity there. But it is what it is. But yeah, I'm mixed on Kyle Lowry. Like I'm 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 a fan of the guy. I think he could come in and also make an impact. He does a lot of the same pick and roll stuff. Uh, adds value as a shooter. But I I'd, I'd need to see the contract uh, before I can really give a take. And you know, then at the at the same time. Like part of what's frustrated me about the discourse of all Lakers should have swung the Kyle Lowry trade at the deadline is that like again we lost mainly because of injury, but at the same time like Kyle Lowry's a fantastic player, but we're not gonna act like there aren't some playoff failures on his resume as well. He he's not like that elite first ballot tier of, of guy that I think we just will should sacrifice the the timeline that AD should still need to maintain. Like we still need to maintain some level of a a, uh, of a roster for Anthony Davis once LeBron has really started to, to decline. So I think we would really be going all in when we're still contenders and, you know, could be favorites to win as currently constructed. We just didn't get to see that because of injury. Yeah, I agree with you. I didn't like the manifestation of LeBron declining, but it is yeah. what it is. Yeah. It Not is speaking that into existence, he has like five more years in him. Yeah, so I think we got the Dennis Schroeder 
in terms of what we think about him. I mean, has any of your opinion changed on whether he returns or not? I don't think there's a lot of implications as to why that would change, but do you feel what are your percentages of like 65 35 yes or no so to be honest like i've sat with this over the past few days and i think it is kind of more likely he returns than he doesn't um, just because there aren't a lot of great alternatives for guards like even if dennis shooter leaves uh, tries declines his option mark gasol retires we don't clear up cap space like these these guys are we kind of need those salary spots so it from that perspective the lakers are better off re-signing shoulder hopefully trying to make it as much of a value contract as they can and fingers crossed that we can flip it at some point during the deal there's just there aren't a lot of great alternatives like i'm i'm not a huge shoulder fan i'd be fine with parting ways but if you're telling me the alternative is to bring in one of these veteran minimum guards that are available in free agency, I'm going to lean towards having Schroeder instead. Yeah, I'm a little more optimistic with Schroeder, although that kind of did not help at, towards the end of the year in terms of him some somewhat building around. I, I like I like I keep emphasizing he thrives in the six man role, but with the Lakers politics and oh, speaking of our daily dose of Drummond, right? Uh, he did reply to someone in his Instagram section where he was like, you better take that minimum or something. He's like, you're drunk. And like, if you yeah. legitimately thought he would take a minimum to come back, I mean, unless that's his only contract, then I could see that happening. But I don't think he's a minimum player at 27. So um, he brings some value to some teams. You can argue what that value is. But that's, that's the daily dose of Drummond. Anyways, <laughs> for another player... That is certainly polarizing. I like my transition there. Um, ben Simmons, who we sort of alluded to a little bit earlier in the playoff section, he, I mean, the NBA Twitter will, with any player having a bad game, the overreactions are certainly comedical. I think it got a little more than just jokes at one point. That was a little concerning, especially with Philly. Philly has polarizing fans for a polarizing player they're they're a different breed up there for sure um but uh man that was a little concerning to see especially when it seemed a little more personal than it should have i mean like they're they're basketball players at the end of the day like you're bringing in relationships and all that it it got a little weird but simmons who well let me ask you this do you think he's going to get traded this offseason specifically yes there's i i just feel like there's no way you you don't end this offseason without trading him. So, the, yeah, the relationship, I think, is just too messed up. And even if you... Like, what's the point of bringing him back? Like, we've bring we've seen... Bring value up. I suppose, but, like, do you really want to bring this roster into next season? I think, yeah, the continuity that would come with him being back and then having to adjust towards the trade deadline for a contender, that's certainly not ideal. Like, I wouldn't... I wouldn't wait for that, especially if you know you're going to trade him and you've you've pretty much given up on him. And I just don't see him. I think he just needs a new look. A lot of people have been saying that's kind of like the cliche. He just needs a new place. And I had envisioned a a future. I had I had I had a I had a dream, not really, but where the Wolves got Cade Cunningham. They traded for it'd be a starting lineup of Cade Cunningham, Anthony Edwards, Malik Beasley. Ben Simmons and Cat, 
that would have been disgusting, but two of those players are probably not going to go there. Um, one guaranteed in Cade, but I don't know. It, I think the hard thing with Simmons is his value, if you look on Twitter, you'd think his value would be with the likes of of a G League player. He's 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 valuable. Don't let anyone mm-hmm. tell you otherwise. He He brings a lot to the table, especially for contending teams. Now, the issue is what contending team is going to take that contract because that is the biggest issue is his contract with a lot of players where they have value but you look at that money and you're thinking well what am I going to do with that and so I just don't think he's going to end up on a contender if he is traded I think it'd be on a on a middle of the pack team or a lower tier team I just don't know what team is really putting the cards on the deck for a Ben Simmons trade that's not to say that his value is that low. It's just the market is a little odd, especially after one of the worst playoff performances. Well, that's 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 just that's yeah. No, I think that that's was one of the more one of the worst playoff performances. Yeah, I'm a Ben guy, but the fact that he took three field goals in the in the fourth quarter in that entire series, that's awful that that you cannot be an all nba like all-star level player and have three field goals over the course of a seven game series like like i but my i have a ben simmons video that's gonna come out later today so i've I've expressed you know i've expressed a lot of my thoughts about ben in that one i i think it's really just best for for that both sides to part ways in this situation you know a lot of philly fans have taken personal and I, I kind of sympathize with them. They've been the people supporting and rocking with Ben Simmons the most since he's been drafted. They've defended him through the non-shooting stuff. They wild out every time he would take a jumper. And like, <laughs> I, I have some leeway for them being really upset and like expressing that to Ben Simmons. Keep it about basketball, though. Like this, there, yeah. There's no reason for this to ever become personal. It should, but at the same, like. I w- in the process of doing this video, like I was watching his his career high game where he dropped like forty against Utah, and he just looked like a different player. He's just he's just so much of a different player when he's aggressive, when he's actually driving into open spaces and not afraid of of him getting fouled, and then he's going to end up having to be at the free throw line. There was so much about this series that was mental, and that that is concerning long term because. It's been years, and his game has not progressed offensively to the point where you want it to be. And if there's a mental block aspect of this, there is at least a legitimate possibility that that's not something that can be fixed. But, you know, another team, if you're watching the tape, this is still an all-NBA-level defender. And, you know, for for everything we say about him not shooting threes— since he was drafted into the league, he has had the most assisted three-point field goals in the league. Like, not LeBron, not James Harden, not Jokic. It's been Ben Simmons. And this has been on teams that don't space the floor well. This has been on teams that like started Josh Richardson, Al Horford, like Jimmy Butler. Guys who aren't shooting the three very well. And Ben Simmons has been getting assists consistently on three-point field goals. So there is something to say for how good this guy is. There are obviously adjustments that he needs to make and he needs to look inward and figure some things out about himself. But a team should take a shot. I think it's mostly going to be difficult because any team 
that I think should be considering a Ben Simmons trade. Teams like you hit it on the nail. Uh, Minnesota is the team that I would most love to to make a trade for him. I think it would start with like Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell. Sixers fans might not love that return, but that's the best I think they can do. Like D'Angelo <laughs> I, Russell is the best. Yeah, I, I think it helps both sides. Like C.J. McCollum is also an option. They just really need a ball handler. And part of this, part of Simmons' issue, we don't have to go too in depth with this because, like I said, I, I have a video coming out on it, and this is a Lakers podcast. Um, you also, want to point out, I don't think there's any chance he gets traded to the Lakers. One contract <laughs> that's, size. That's what I was gonna yeah, ask like, you. Yeah, you're hyping him like, up. You're getting me hyped up a little bit, but you just crush yeah, our hopes, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the contract size is is tough. That'd be difficult to swing. Also, like, I don't think. Philly celebrating over the return of KCP and, and Kuzma, like that would not be enough for that them. That doesn't to, benefit them at all. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's nothing that does not do. keep Embiid happy. Whatever they get as a return in Ben Simmons trade has to make Embiid happy. You're not you're not gonna keep that Sixers team competitive by trading Ben Simmons for draft picks. So you need somebody who comes in and and fills a need. Like maybe you're not getting an all star level player back because of Simmons's value dropping. CJ's not an all-star, but he fits a team need for them to the point where it's like, maybe that's more important. And so that's just kind of how I feel about Ben Simmons. Yeah. Um, Question. I got a question for you, okay? Mm -hmm. Would you rather for next year have Kemba Walker or Ben Simmons? Although neither are going to happen. You'd rather have Kemba Walker? I'd rather have Kemba. Because... The Lakers are already a team that has elite defense. I think we can do a lot to cover up for for Kemba. Offense is clearly what we need more of. We need more scorers. We need more three-point shooters. I I think Kemba running pick and roll with uh, Anthony Davis would be amazing. Like We could anchor our our bench lineups when LeBron sits and actually stagger those two and let them run the bench so the offense isn't dying out all the time. I... I'd love that. Ben Simmons can't he can't anchor a bench, and that was part of Philly's problem that they they couldn't really stagger him and uh, Simmons and Embiid very well because Simmons was not going to carry your bench units with his offensive struggles. So I'd rather have Kemba. All right. Well, yeah, I guess. But like we said, we just don't really envision that happening. And I I think Ben Simmons with. That'd be kind of weird with him and LeBron. It'd be it wouldn't be such a yeah. weird fit, but it'd be like you kind of have the same player. Not really. I say that mm-hmm. like lightly, very very lightly, because they're certainly not the same player. Like if Simmons yeah. had the aggression of Patrick Beverly, I think he'd be. <laughs> he definitely would be up there. But like Giannis is basically Simmons, a Greek form of Simmons, but with mad confidence, and. Yeah. I, I do think with Simmons, just just one last note about Simmons. I do think it's it's the confidence is at that point it might be a little bit outside of basketball, and I do wish the best for him. And I do think just a change of scenery is is best at this point. There's, I don't think, especially with how Doc or let me say Glenn Rivers, Glenn Rivers as he <laughs> likes to be called, and uh, Joel Embiid, the way they they sound, they just sounded like they were done. And I don't think that's I think that's just burning the bridges. There's there's just no way unless he comes into a workout with the Sixers after two months of 
meditating and shooting and and looks like curry out there i I just don't think that's that's just a road to be taken but speaking of curry now that i mentioned curry i'm Mm -hmm. killing it bro i'm i'm killing it it. um there was some news between joe lacob i've never the the j and the the lacob are throwing me off with that name but joe lacob who is a warrior's owner i think yeah. uh is he the owner yeah, he's, the, he's the owner yeah i don't think they're yeah so he's basically had some pretty bad quotes if you're a warriors fan and this is more of like our delusional section where we're curry and lebron magically team up this is just more of like well you might want to keep your eye out on this if somehow the dominoes fall that way but joe lacob has had some not great quotes where he's basically treated curry as like not something to be like like you could just let go but he's not been the owner like like genie bus if she were to say let's just put that in, in, into perspective well we'll see with lebron we'll, we'll see at the end of it could you pull up the quote uh could you say that could you quote yeah yeah for me so yeah bit? so for the people who uh know the quote uh joe lake had this to say so ESPN, Brian Windhorst. Look, Steph Curry, if he really wanted to leave at the end of his contract, he's a free agent. He's earned the right. He can do it. I said that with Kevin Durant. I'm still friends with Kevin Durant, and I still really like him. And I always love him for what he did for this franchise. By the way, he took less money when he played here. He really helped us. We were able to get a couple of other players. Players don't usually do that, and he did that. So I have great respect and admiration for that, for Kevin. And I would, for Steph, no matter what he does too, he's done a lot for us. We've done a lot for him. I would hope that he, uh, I would hope that we provide the environment for him that he wants to be here for the rest of his. So within that quote, I'm getting vibes as you read it again. The guy's not confident. Like if you're gonna, it just sounds like a, like a three-year early farewell speech, mm-hmm. like Curry leaving would something would certainly have to go terribly wrong for him to actually leave, and uh, I mean, I just don't, I don't know. Like the only connection really there is that people are like have the dream of Curry going to the Lakers. That trio would certainly be deadly with LeBron getting at that point a fully gray beard and Bronny being mm-hmm. a few years into and from the league but i mean really i think the thing to be taken out of it if you want to think curry is going to the lakers i personally would not invest myself too much into that because my dreams would be crushed at that point but um i think just the way ownership treats their star players i think just to make this about the lakers there's just a different precedent being set with genie bus and that and i'm it's a time to be grateful that we do, don't get quotes about LeBron, although LeBron is certainly a different situation with with how with t- the type of mobility he's had with teams, as whereas Curry has been the franchise player for the longest. And I don't know, like, I think a better comparison would be, like, if, if Genie Buss were to say, like, AD, yeah, we signed him to this extension, but we'll see at the end of the contract and decide. Like, no, you want to be a little more, bit more confident with that and i mean that that's the most to be taken out of that i don't yeah i don't think there's more real takeaway from this quote like 
and I, that I'm really just cringing at is it really just seems like Joe Lacob is trying to set Steph up to to ask him to take less on this next contract. Yes, pay cut. You know, bringing I, up the whole Kevin Durant thing, like, oh, Kevin Durant took a whole, took a pay cut, and like that. That's just unnecessary. Like, to give Steph the maximum amount of money because he's he's still worth more than that. Like the the Steph Curry took this franchise from being a relative unknown, undiscussed to being the most valuable in the league. Like they're more valuable than the Lakers. Part of that is because of real estate and, and owning that new Chase Center Arena. But they that owner has made so much money because of Steph Curry. And then to ask him to take a pay cut when for for back to back seasons, like you failed him and he's missed the playoffs. There's some context and nuance to to the twenty twenty season, but like the the Warriors' failures were on ownership and management to a degree this past season. And for a quote like this to come out is some nasty stuff. Like this is this is not good at all. Um, and the the Kevin Durant reference, like me and Kevin Durant are still for like that's weird. People need to stop putting microphones in front of the the Warriors' owner because I remember from. The, I think it was either the, the first or second title that they won. And um, it was during their parade and they're asking uh, one of the owners about Kevin Durant's free agency. And he's like, he, he said this jokingly, but was joking about the fact that Kevin Durant was the free agent that they brought in. And like Steph Curry was their guy and he was going to get a blank contract and he gets to write whatever he wants. And we're going to have to figure things out with Kevin. And it was like, this is a bad quote. This is a awful quote to have at your championship parade. Like this, yeah, this quote won't mean anything if Steph ends up re-signing and he stays. With, but if if he does leave, people are going to point to this quote and and say like like regardless of whether he ends up coming to the Lakers or not, that's not relevant. If he decides he wants to go back home to Charlotte, to his hometown, and team up with Lamelo Ball, people will point to this quote and be like, "Joe Lacob messed up, and he's the reason Steph's not a warrior anymore." Yeah, and I think it's very significant that KD, who let's put it in, in let's put this into perspective. Yes, he got injured with his Achilles prior to AD coming to the Lakers, but at that point they were seen as a favorite. So the fact that he is on a title favorite, and you can the animosity that comes with KD and title favorites is it's hilarious. But in a serious note, like he left a title favorite to do. Like, you know how much the ownership or front office has to mess up for your, like, best player? Not your franchise player, but, like, your franchise player B to leave? I don't know. It, there's there's signs that's pointing to where, like, it's not, it's not the most ideal and perfect place as it seems to be. And I think if the Warriors... It, I think it's... A, far more into the line but I, I do like how you pointed out where there certainly seems to be an illusion of a pay cut and if i'm mm-hmm. curry i'm i why would i do that like yeah that, yeah i just i think that's the most we're going to talk about mr joe lakeb for for quite a while but if we want to ma- manifest curry going and going to the lakers that that would be awesome but mm-hmm. that's way 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 down the line by the time I don't know, Brawny is in the league or something. Just think about that timeline, but it is what it is. But for the final final touch, we have been repeating that we're sandwiching the Lakers content. And so for the end, we're just going to get a little bit of the predictions for the rest of the playoffs. 
because well not not the rest of the playoffs just the conference finals um just to get a just to be able to spit a little bit more about basketball and you know have a little bit more diverse or yeah diversity within the talk but who do you have coming out today as of recording although i don't think this will be released today as of recording who do you have the sixers or not the sixers the hawks and the bucks i'm interested in that one although i can probably predict who you have yeah so uh game one is today um so you'll you as a listener you'll probably know the results by the time you you hear this but i i think the the bucks are gonna win this they've had some some rest after they finished up their seven game series uh, i think they just have too many mismatch issues that Atlanta won't be able to deal with particularly with deandre hunter out i i, I think they win the series but i also think they pick up this game one yeah i wouldn't be surprised if they just get a game one and they get gentlemen swept but for the memes i would say hawks and seven that would be hilarious but seeing the hawks in the finals if they win the, the the title and my MVP pick is half true, that would be certainly hilarious, and it would be the biggest twist, probably the biggest Cinderella story of the NBA's history, but one well, modern history. I, I don't know my my sixties knowledge like that, but I do think that that'd be quite quite the thing to witness, especially if if the Hawks beat the Suns or something like that. But yeah, if I want to be realistic and logical, then I would take the Bucks and I'd say six. I do think the Hawks are going to put up two on them, just because I think Bud uh, Bud is is quite the conundrum, but it is what it is. I do have the Bucks and six. Who is your just to play on more? We're not going to do the the words just because like once you get to five words, there's there's some analysis to be taken out of that. But what do you think the biggest X factor in terms of the series would be for each team? For each team, I think Clint Capella is the biggest X factor for for. Um, well, actually, no. Let me take that back. I think John Collins is the biggest X factor for Atlanta because I think Clint Capella is going to be getting the Giannis assignment, making John Collins more of a help defender. He's going to be likely asked to to be rotating weak side and more of a rim protector. He's undersized. He hasn't been that great at the five because of defensive problems. So. This will be a very interesting series for him and could impact his uh, free agency negotiations, although I don't think uh, Atlanta's in a great negotiating position considering he's a key piece of a team that made the conference finals for them. They kind of have to bring it back. But, uh, you know, this will be a very interesting Collins series for me. Uh, on the Bucks side of things, I think their uh, X Factor is going to be Drew Holiday in this one. In the two series that the Hawks have had to go through prior. There hasn't been an elite guard with, you know, ball handling abilities on the Knicks or on the Sixers. So nobody was ever really able to punish Trey Young and like attack him uh, out at the top of the key and like just really go at him. That's part of why Atlanta was able to get away with running a awful defensive backcourt of Trey Young and Lou Williams that's not going to be possible in this series because Drew Holiday will be going at them. Chris Middleton exists. So I think Holiday is probably more the X factor, though, in this one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with you alluded a little bit to the Capella. I'd have him at second as the X factor. I'm going to go a little more random with this one and have uh, Lemon Pepper Lou Williams as the biggest X factor. And I think the Hawks, 
although their chances are slim and they have kind of defied all those odds, I do think their biggest factor in terms of winning against the Bucks would be their bench would have to go insane because I do think the, one of the bigger advantages that the Hawks have is their bench depth and their ability to score. And I think Lou Williams having those games where he is lemon pepper Lou, um, then I think that's important for them to just get those decisive wins that are very important in achieving four wins to win the series. And Clint Capella, I do see him as the matchup for Giannis. Onyeka uh, Kongwu as well. He has more versatility than Clint Capella, but... That'd be a quite the rookie moment to be matched up with Giannis in the conference finals, but I'm not doubting double O. But big backs, it is double O. <laughs> yeah, and so for the Bucks, uh, mm, I, I yeah, I would say Chris Middleton would be the biggest X factor, just because I think he's gonna have to take advantage of that John Collins matchup, and surprisingly, John Collins has become a good defensive player throughout the playoffs. That's not an insult. It's just like that hasn't really been his mold throughout his career, but he has become that. And I think if he can just free up his own matchup, then that certainly does open up for the rest of the players because usually when Chris Middleton is having a good game, you can guarantee the Bucks will win that game. So um, I, I, I think Drew Holiday would be the more rational pick just because of his importance in terms of guarding Trey Young and kind of taking advantage of that matchup. But... I guess I'll go a little different, but for the Western Conference, wait. So you had Bucks in how many? Uh, I I have Bucks in five or six. Okay, so for the Western Conference, I do have Bucks in six to seven. Um, but who do you have for the Western Conference, where it is up two zero? So it's kind of weird being up two zero in one series and one hasn't even started. But scheduling, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's kind of the obvious pick since the series is, is 2-0. I don't think the Clippers are going to manage to come back from, from down 0-2 once more, especially with no Kawhi. So I do have the Suns winning this. I think it's going to be in four or five games. Just The Clippers don't have Kawhi. I don't think they have the firepower. Morris also seems like he's dealing with some kind of nagging injury and at this point, you're just really relying on that Terrence Mann and, and Reggie Jackson playoff run of their lives to continue. So the Suns have more answers than the Clippers do, and that's why this series is probably going to be a bit short of Yeah, I could see it somehow going to six if Kawhi reemerges from his chamber, but I, the Suns in four would be good for the prophecy and the Suns in four guy, but... Uh, I'm leaning more towards five or six just because I like to give a little bit of leeway, especially to the O2 Clippers who are who love to be in compromising p- positions. But did you did you say your biggest X factors for each team? Oh yeah, so the biggest X factor for the Clippers, I'd say, is Reggie Jackson, um, just because especially no Kawhi, like they need other scoring threats. They need people who are, are going to run the pick and roll, and Reggie Jackson's been that option. I think Paul George will he'll do Paul George things. He'll play defense. The shot making will will come for the most part. It wasn't that it wasn't really there for him in game two, but you know that doesn't diminish the fantastic game one he had. Uh, it's kind of sad that Reggie Jackson is their their X factor, but it's worked <laughs> for them for two straight rounds. So let's see if it if it does this time. Uh, as far as the Suns X factor, 
it has to be DeAndre Ayton. Um, he he was the X factor for this team overall coming into the playoffs. We've now seen two consistent rounds of good play from DeAndre Ayton. So I, I've heard Doris Burke even say, like, there's no way Ayton is an X factor anymore. We know what he's going to contribute. But I, I'd still pick him as the X factor in this series because he is the guy that forces the Clippers to try and go big to match up. They aren't really able to punish the the small ball thing, like push the small ball thing for for LA the same way they were able to against the Jazz because Aiton does have the ability to punish that on the other end. Um, he, you know, I'm not gonna say he's a great post scorer, but like he's he's good enough that like if Nicholas Batum and Patrick Beverly are on him consistently, like those are good shots for him. So you know, at the end of the day, I, I think that that. Is going to make a difference and force the Clippers to keep Zubach out there, or um, you know, Boogie Cousins will continue getting minutes. Yeah, I'd say as far as my X factors, I'd go. I was going to say Zubach, but the matchups, I don't even know if he's going to get like playoff minutes and 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 the vital parts. You saw what happened when he got he got picked picked apart by Devin Booker on that last that's that last play with DeAndre Ayton, which was an absolute confusing play to watch, especially with other people. I watched it with some other basketball people. They were like, wait, what? And so, yeah, it, it was an odd thing, but my biggest X factor for the Hawks, or not the Hawks, the Suns would be, um, I mean, you kind of stole the Ayton one, but I can appreciate that. I would say, I don't know, it's a little hard, but whoever is guarding Paul George, I'll leave it at that. You can say Jay Crowder and Mikael Bridges, a tie between those two. I think that's very important to just keep him from achieving the true playoff P form. And I think that's just important. I think that's an obvious one just because he's their best player at this moment. And we really don't know what's happening with Kawhi. But I'd go that. I'd go with those picks, one to two picks for the Suns. I don't know if that's cheating, but you can interpret it as you will. But the, the Clippers, I mean, it's a little rough. They are... Who did you say for the Clippers? I forgot. Reggie Jackson. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's probably a forgettable one. But yeah, Reggie Jackson, I mean, he's a solid pick, I guess. He's been insane ever since Goggles Reggie Jackson has been different. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's going to take a I don't. I don't. I wouldn't put money on man repeating his, his, yeah, not his things. Lot. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean. I was on a Zubach tandem, but I just don't know how he's going to match up with Aiton. Um, I don't know. That's a little more. I'll go with the obvious one. I'll just go with Paul George, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Because, I mean, he's technically an X factor in the playoffs. Um, he's not as bad as some people will tell you. I will tell you that. That's that's just more of a meme. But I do think he is very important. You saw what happened. Even when he had an okay game in game two, they were still in the in the competition however if chris paul does come back i wouldn't count too much on him having a bad game and still being in the game but if he can fully embrace his role that he was in for that stretch of like a week the clippers do have somewhat of a chance in my opinion and if you can stretch it to maybe game six or seven it does seem like Kawhi isn't completely out so if you can somehow stretch it to that then i think you put the clippers in a in the best position to come back 0-2 for the third time. But do you have anything else to say about the playoffs or the Lakers as we wrap it up? 
Yeah. Yeah. Just final point on that series in total agreement. The longer it goes, the more it favors the Clippers. Uh, if it's a short series, it's, you know, in the Suns' favor, they can wrap this up even without Chris Paul. Um, my last thought of the pod is please stop giving Chris Paul credit for everything oh, that he's been <laughs> accomplished. Yeah. The, the man is, he's, he's literally in LA right now. He's not with the team. He's at home with his family recovering from, from the coronavirus. Please just give campaign Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden credit for the growth and, you know, amazing play that they've had. <laughs> the spirit of Chris Paul helped the team out. I, I do like that analysis. Uh, like, I'll turn my shoulder or my, yeah, I'll turn a shoulder on that just because of um, how Chris Paul biased I am, but it is a little ridiculous where Booker, like, it would be even more ridiculous to where it got to the point of finals MVP voting if we're going to go that far where Chris Paul is, like, he gets the, like, Iguodala treatment. But I don't think Chris Paul is going to play like that, in my opinion. But if if that does stretch to the finals MVP, I will turn my shoulder only because it's Chris Paul. But I know a lot of people will be mad if Booker has the numbers. And I don't know. It's certainly... A spectacle to see the, the Chris Paul stretches by a lot of analysis, but for for the ending part, we do want to promote a little bit. I will for sure be um, I'm gonna be making a Suns video again. You can see a pattern that I really do like the Suns team, but um, it's gonna be about a player that rhymes last name rhymes with Looker. Um, yeah, I'm making a video about that. I don't know how soon that'll be out. I've had a lot of like, I'm, I want to get it back into it, but it like it, it like some of the videos, it's a lot of work for that. But do be on the lookout for that. Do be on the lookout for the Ben Simmons video that Dose will make. I know you were a little hesitant to make that, but uh, I don't know if I was the convincing voice. But if I can, yeah, you, if I'm you a, definitely pushed me in, into making it. If I'm a contributor of the uh, <laughs> kind of being against the wave of a lot of mainstream stuff like you don't really see a player or a person saying well Ben Simmons is still good after he had that performance where everyone was trashing on him so being a little different is very good especially in in the YouTube community but if you did make it this far you're awesome if you want to show how awesome you are it'd be great if you could leave us some five stars a good review here and there um just ignore the Clippers analysis for sure if you want to leave that in the review but um yeah we appreciate you hopefully no one else on the lakers gets arrested hopefully um but yeah that that about does it any last 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 words before we wrap up wrap it up um nothing but free ac free ac baby yeah thank you for listening see ya